0: welcome to uncorked another podcast brought to you by team Parker i am so excited to have one of our very own lana welcome to the show
1: thank you
0: so we get to be partners in crime in the world of recruiting for mm-hmm. Team Corker, and you are a recruiting genius in the city, when, in the city of <laughs> Vancouver, and I want to dive into the world of recruiting and then so much more in our cast today. Is that cool?
1: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Okay, where are you in the world right now? In my kitchen. In
1: Vancouver. In Vancouver. <laughs> We're all under COVID <laughs> arrest. We are yeah it's a bit of a shame i wish i could whisk us both away to hawaii
0: oh gosh you and me both and alas here we are (laughs) So what's exciting to me to start talking about is the world of recruiting because, you know, not everyone loves recruiting like, say, you or I love recruiting. And funny enough, I think that we had pivotal times about a decade ago in the world of recruiting. And so if you were to go back in time 10 years, what did your recruiting landscape look like and what were you up to?
1: Oh, man, 10 years. years—that's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was... Probably, I was in Vancouver, and I had just kind of developed my managerial skills and had been promoted within an agency to, I think, a branch manager at the time. And it seemed like such a big deal. And I was just so jazzed about it to be able to hire a team and run an entire branch seemed like really a big deal. I was pumped. I was just also starting my executive search uh, focus. So anything in the C-suite was kind of my baby. So CMO, CRO, et cetera, CFO. And just kind of exploring what that meant to me in terms of the kind of manager I wanted to be and the type of work I wanted to focus on and where I was gonna kind of stake my claim. I wanted to be known in Vancouver for executive search. Crazy.
0: crazy because the world of agency recruiting has certainly changed dramatically. Um, I think if Mm -hmm. anything, only more recruiting agencies have been born in the last decade. And yet those of us that did start in the executive search and recruitment worlds, let's call it, you know, the decade plus ago, I feel like we did things differently than we do now. And just, By virtue of technology. When you look back, are there things that you remember doing then that you just wouldn't do now?
1: Networking has really changed and shifted. It's all virtual now, which is a real shame. I remember my dad very clearly telling me that anything that was sales focused had to be belly to belly. And that really stuck with me. And I've carried that on my entire career, any role I've ever had. And so that I miss. And that I think is a lost art. And you can't recruit a candidate or fill a role successfully if you haven't seen them, in my opinion. So I I really think that that shifted. And also panel interviews were a bigger deal back then, it seems. I was always doing panel interviews, maybe because it was C-suite, but I think that's kind of a lost art now too. I miss those days.
0: Right. It's so true. I mean, speaking of networking being a lost art, it's almost as though we don't know how to have those conversations anymore. Mm-hmm. And the art of like, I don't want to just sit down and have coffee with you and just dive into a job description. Like I really mm-hmm. care about who you are as a person. And is there anything else that you'd like to tell me about that's going on <laughs> in your life? And is it okay yeah. to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Which doesn't feel super common
1: it's not but that's something that is so special to corker i believe and i think that's why you have such loyal fan base and following and why candidates come to you which is kind of unheard of because of all the heart that you show and the genuine interest and care that is shown mm. people don't forget that and that's something you don't often find in recruitment agencies or in companies full stop
0: mm. Oh, bless you. Thank you for saying that. It does feel like such a privilege. And I mean, of course, you have a front row seat to this when candidates do reach out to us, because that's the other side of the coin. Like, our work in recruitment has changed. And yet, so has the experience for candidates. And how do they look for work and what matters and what doesn't matter anymore. And so in today's day and age. And I ask about 10 years ago because in so many respects on the other side of COVID, I think, are we going to revert back to what life was like a decade ago or what will our new normal be? And this is a really timely conversation because unfortunately, as we know, the loss of jobs is high and there will be a lot of candidates on the market. And I'm wondering from your perspective, what do you think candidates need to know or be aware of in this next wave, in this next new horizon?
1: That there will definitely be change. Some of it you can control and some of it you can't. And we're just going to have to ride that out together. That now is an opportunity for you to get really clear on what matters to you, whether you're in the right role or with the right company or with the right team, whether or not you want to shift careers entirely, whether or not you've just loved working at home and you've never had that opportunity before and you want to do that. So. I think I would want them to know this is the time to embrace all of those changes and those thoughts and be really raw and honest with yourself. And second of all, keep focused on who you're surrounding yourself with in terms of a partnership. The great thing again about Corker and working with you is that we support candidates in a way where we're helping them land their dream job. We're negotiating their income. We're talking to references and asking really difficult questions. That's a very intimate conversation to be having. Mm-hmm. And so you want to also make sure that you're aligning yourself with a, a person, you or an organization, Corker, that you feel is representing you and honoring you in a true way.
0: Mm. Gosh. Well, I mean, let's go down the dirty path of I love it. <laughs> more experience with organizations <laughs> that haven't been so true or organizations where you've gone through you know a a tough moment in time and i I used to want to host an event called Then I Got Fired because I just (laughs) wish we could take the shame out of it. It's like whether you've been fired or let go or whatever the case, and especially right now, I'm like, dude, you're among millions. It's okay. You'll make it out of this. Mm. Yet it seems to weigh so heavy. And Whether you're one in five million or you're one in five, you still feel this enormity of Of shame, perhaps. And Mm -hmm. I love that you've been through it all highs and lows and everything in between. I think it makes for really great recruiters that are low (laughs) on the judgment scale and high on the caring scale. And, you know, we see a new future for you. As you said, we're, you know, negotiating your salary.
1: Well, we've been there. We know what it's like. Completely. So tell me the ugly stuff. Oh, I've, well, I've quit jobs in a blaze of, you know, fire, and I've been fired more than once. Probably like three times. (laughs) And I've been laid off completely unexpectedly where it's winded you and you're in a state of shock. Hmm. Fired, I think the first time I was fired, I was probably 25. Hmm. Fully deserved to be fired too. Just like being lazy as a recruiter. And not being inspired by the recruitment I was doing and not really feeling connected with my team and being the most junior one and not really feeling like I was contributing. And so just kind of, you know, lessons learned, of course, but just kind of like screwing the dog. And if you want me to tell you the story, it's kind of funny, but I went out to a quote unquote meeting, but just went to see a matinee. And then I was walking back down Robson Street, heading back to the office, and I ran into my boss, and there was a piece of popcorn from the movie that was stuck on my sweater, and I had no idea. She was like, where were you? And I was like, in a meeting, (laughs) fully lied. And then she, like, casually plucked the popcorn off of my sweater, and she was like, that's like, interesting meeting. I was just fully busted. But it was, a, it was a good lesson to learn because it wasn't the right environment for me. And I had to really grow up and mature, like literally overnight and go back the next day and apologize, which is never easy, and then give my notice. Wow. Yeah. That was kind of a wake-up call for me.
0: And these moments are typically wake-up calls. And I think perhaps getting fired can be the greatest blessing when, mm-hmm. I mean, bless you for terminating that. But on the flip side the ability to start something fresh and ask yourself the really tough questions and, you know, get into how do I want to spend my days because my work consumes a large portion of my days. And, you know, if we're going to go down the personal avenue here, then we'll make sure to include your Instagram handle below. (laughs) If nothing else, the way in which you pack your son's lunch (laughs) makes my heart so happy.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank Um, you. I'm flattered. I, I just need a hobby, I guess.
0: Well, you've got one. You've got a great (laughs) hobby called your son's lunchbox, among many other Mm
1: -hmm. things. Jack Attack snack.
0: Oh, gosh, it's it's adorable. (laughs) Strawberries cut into heart shapes. Um, (laughs) You know, but all of that, I mean, speaks to the fact that you have made choices in your career, in your life, to design a life now around sweet Jack Attack and doing something that you love. And I mean, I think it's everyone's. Greatest desire is to have all of these things line up. And I mean, to keep it so light, just tell us how you have found your life's purpose.
1: Oh, I haven't found it yet. So I appreciate oh, you I'm thinking not. I have. <laughs> but oh, no. Oh, no, my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, life's purpose is it shifts and it depends. Mm-hmm. And you think you have a life's purpose and it works for you and it serves you in that time. Mm-hmm. And then something changes. You get fired. You know, I've been fired, as I said before, and I've lived all around the world and I've been married and divorced two times you know I've become a mom and I've I've done all these different chapters like everyone in life has done so the life purpose shifts what at least it has for me mm-hmm. based on circumstance mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to embrace it you know the downside of not that there's there's lots of downsides but I guess one of them for me that I struggled with in the beginning being a single parent was I'm at home with my son And I miss, you know, being able to go out spontaneously or meeting friends for dinner, whatever the case may be. And so I just ended up turning that into how can I make this a bit more fun and embrace the other parts of my life that are in the current state of affairs. One of them is Jack Attack Snacks. So I just kind of have fun with it. So definitely don't have it all together, but just accepting that there's going to be ups and downs and things are going to change all the time.
0: Mm. I hear you, and I think it's again like in the world of COVID right now, it's so refreshing to remember that everything will change and that Mm -hmm. this is about perspective. And you constantly feel like you're in such a healthy place about it. And I'm sure it waves and wavers for you as it does for all (laughs) of us. And I just have such enormous respect for how you've been able to get to and be who you are. And I know who we count on you to be is. I just, yeah, I'm in awe of how you do it all. And I tell you that every time. Like, how, 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 how do you do it? And, vodka. <laughs> okay, <laughs> podcast over. Like, <laughs> um, But that was really my question. I mean, vodka and what helps keep that perspective for you? What helps, you know, you remember that Jack Attack snacks are pure joy when you might want to go down the street for dinner and that's just not what's on tap?
1: that's a really great question i think a part of it is just personality a part of it is and what i mean by that is that i've always tried to be optimistic i've always tried to be a bit more positive in life because for me i think that if you've experienced true lows then the sweetness of being able to have food in the fridge and have creative ideas and have that time to show my son in a weird way that I love him because I make, you know, caterpillars out of sandwiches is <laughs> a, a blessing. Yeah. So I, I'm, that's a tricky one for me to really answer because you wake up every day with a choice. You can either choose to be bummed out about the fact that you can't meet the girls for dinner, or you can be excited about the fact that you could do that once upon a time. You will do that again. Absolutely. But right now the priority is a little bit different and how lucky are you? Mm. I feel blessed. I get to make a lunch every single day. I fought hard to be able to do that.
0: Mm. Amazing. I want to riff on the optimism in you because I think there's no such thing as a shortage of that right now, certainly to go Mm. around. Um, Where do you look
1: or go to for hope? Hands down, my girlfriends. Ah. Yeah. Um, And to give you an example, I have a couple of girlfriends and we have been sending each other videos multiple times during the day, just short little snippets, and sometimes we're like whining about the fact that the kids aren't in school and what are we going to do? And sometimes it's like this morning I was like, Hey, I found this really cool free yoga thing and it's superhero yoga. Check it out. We share books. We share just little parts of our day and it's a free space to just say and do whatever you want to say and do. Yeah. And I find that really uplifting, even though I can't physically see them, I'm sending them this video and it's just for fun, but it's also for human connection. And it's also to kind of enlighten each other and share something about our day, you know, like call them and said, or send them a video and said, what should we have for dinner? Let's do like a fridge foraging. <laughs> so for my fridge, who's got ideas, cast your votes. Um, so it's that it would be probably right now the number one.
0: That is so fun. Are you doing this on text or via Marco Polo?
1: Okay. I've heard about Marco Polo. I'm not that technically savvy. It's literally old school, like recording a video on your phone and then texting it.
0: That is magic. And you <laughs> seriously need to get them all on Marco Polo, download the app. It's, I am, I've lived into a story that I'm not technically wonderful. Whether I am or I'm not, I do know how to use Marco Polo and it's so much fun.
1: Okay, I will, but I'm just concerned because I, I was on a Zoom call within my community last night and I realized I'm just not a Zoomer. I oh. found it really awkward. <laughs> there was like a dozen people on it and I didn't know where to look and people kept talking over each other and it was just terrible for me. But if I download Marco Polo, should I also download TikTok?
0: and should the
1: corker team do a tiktok video oh
0: gosh this is like anna you need to edit this part out no don't edit it out it's so i mean tiktok is blowing up and i have to admit that i'm a full consumer and not a generator of tiktok i literally will watch other tiktokers and have not jumped onto that bandwagon, and yet I have enormous respect for those who do because it brings me a lot of joy to watch. Oh, it's TikTok. so fun. Right? Yes. Yeah. Do you have Jack Attack TikToking?
1: I'm going to.
0: Oh, dear. Well, then. Yeah.
1: It's called Homeschooling.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: TikTok edition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm also, so girlfriends, community real life videos. Mm-hmm. Yes. We need to hear each other. We need to see each other. It's so important in in a similar vein, inspiration. And you mentioned creative ideas and where they come from. And perhaps that's also inspired by girlfriends, but just for all things in life, I so look to you, you find beauty in simple things and you Thank find you. creativity in so many neat ways. And what fuels that for you?
1: Well, I'm not creative by nature. Like I I can't paint or sing or any of those things. But I think what I find inspiring is, to give you an example, last week I connected with someone that I went to high school with and he posted something on Instagram, which is really lovely, just saying, you know, I'm here to help support the community. Let me know how I can do it. And me being me, I kind of called him out on it online. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Let's dive deeper. Elaborate, please. And then we ended up having a phone call and it was like an hour and a half long. It was great. But I just shared some ideas on how we can help our community in these times. And we drafted an email together and he sent it out. He's a realtor and he sent it out to his network and we raised like thousands and thousands of dollars in like two hours. And we're still raising money and it's really, really great. Well over 10K. And just went to Save On and bought all these gift cards. And we've been mailing them to people that we know need a help. Just anonymously, like sending, you know, $300 in Save On gift cards. And I mean, I, I have goosebumps even just talking about it because it's so fun. It's just so fun to try and find something to do that's positive, that's benefiting other people and to be getting these calls and these emails from you know, kind of strangers, people that I, I know, but not really too well to say, I just got this amazing card in the mail and you have no idea how much it's helping me is really for me inspiring. I just, I love it. And I'm going to keep doing it as long as we're in this situation
0: gosh i just got goosebumps that is magic <laughs> and it's incredible that we're at this point in time this juncture in life when that's real people need a gift card to a grocery store under these 100 that's yeah amazing
1: thank you yeah that has been fun yeah i i find that inspiring but i'm kind yeah. of dorky
0: No, there's no dork and generosity and contribution. It's amazing. You are awesome. Likewise. Thank you. I can't believe this happens so fast every single time. We come to 20 minutes before I even know it. And it's a beautiful thing when it goes by quickly. And I mean, heck, recruiters know how to ask questions. That's all I got (laughs) to say. And answer them. (laughs) And our final question is always the same. What is currently making your heartbeat faster?
1: I would say my pacemaker, but that's probably not the answer you want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a crazy story in and of itself. And to be talking to a human that has a pacemaker at your young and vivacious age is crazy to me. So what a beautiful reminder that you just don't know what's going on underneath people's skin.
1: Very true. Lovely way. Another one. (laughs) okay, gosh, of course you're going to expect this one, but it's so true, and I'm being 100% honest, I feel like we're really close to closing a role. (laughs) And I really just want to nail it. So I'm I'm excited for second interviews. (laughs) You know what?
0: You and me both, you are not wrong. There is a thrill of closing a role that I just feel like maybe only recruiters experience, and it's pretty powerful and exciting. Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, it's fun.
0: Oh, thank you for your time, for your enthusiasm and for everything you do to help connect human beings to jobs they love. It's it's really not lost on me how much heart you give to us and to others in town. And so thank you for that. We will rely on your hope while everybody is unemployed. And soon enough, (laughs) everyone will be speaking to you about how to (laughs) regain
1: employment. I'm here. All right. Have a great
0: night.